from the first epistle of St. John, chapter 3. Dearly beloved, do not wonder that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in deed and in truth. From the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 14. At that time, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees this parable. A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for all is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported this to his master. Then the householder in anger said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and maimed and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and there still is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges, and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquets. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. We celebrate the second Sunday after Pentecost, thus beginning the green Sundays of the year. The sanctuary lamp burns in the church this week in loving memory of John and Concetta Greco. The Adoration Chapel lamp burns in loving memory of Hugh Huxon. Beginning of this weekend, the, Saturday, the Sunday Mass schedule verts to our normal Mass schedule uh, 8 a.m., 9.15, and 11 a.m., I think you've all gotten the memo, uh, but whenever the people show up at 10 o'clock, be patient with them. A Eucharistic procession will follow after the 11 o'clock Mass today. We'll be in church on account of the weather. Uh, please submit Father's Day envelopes no later than Sunday, June 13th, if you wish to have the names of those honored placed on the altar during the Masses on Father's Day weekend. There are extra envelopes in the entrances of the church. Starting in July, the blue repairs and replacements envelope in your monthly packet will be renamed the building fund envelope. And the, the money donated to this fund will be used to cover the costs of the cafeteria's new roof and air conditioning system. The building fund envelopes will be found at the church, at the entrances to the church. We'll have more information on that in the weeks to come. The Culture of Life Committee invites you to join with them in praying across from the Delta Abortion Clinic uh, next Saturday, June the 12th, from 9 to 10.30 in the morning. We ask you please to pick up a bulletin after Mass today and to thank those who support our bulletin with ads on the back. This Holy Mass is being offered for the intentions of Tatiana Spong.
As we begin with this uh, first of many green Sundays, donning once again the green vestments, having passed through the major liturgical seasons of the year and finding ourselves simply in the Sundays after Pentecost, we are given uh, a wonderful selection of readings from Mother Church to encourage us during this holy time. Here in the wake, right in the shadow of the Feast of Corpus Christi, which we celebrated Thursday, we have another parable about a feast, appropriately so. And it is a supper, something giving at the end of the day. A fact that as we come now to the latter half of the church year, we are simply tending towards the end of all things, the end of time, as well as the end of this year. It is also paired well with our first reading, the latter, the gospel, emphasizing our love for God and our willingness to draw close to Him above all things. And the first reading encouraging us to love our neighbor, these being the two great commandments that ought to guide the entirety of the Christian life. And so we begin this first Sunday, well, second Sunday officially, after Pentecost, with these great reminders of the overarching purpose of why it is that we're here. Because in the end, all of us will be judged, and our judgment will be based upon two simple things, love of God and love of neighbor. Readings appropriately take us then to focus upon the flesh, upon our humanity. The simple fact is that we receive our faith through our flesh. We hear the word of God when it is spoken to us and are able to profess it in our hearts. Indeed, the liturgy is a thing that overwhelms intentionally the senses. Last week, after the, uh, after the celebration of the solemn high mass, with all the smells and bells and all the other things that accompanied it, one of the priests remarked in the sacristy, he said, that is what the senses were made for. It's what they were made for, to glorify God in such a celebration. It's what the senses were made for. And indeed, they lead us to God in so many ways. As we are able to hear the beauty of, holy, of, of sacred music and to be able to lift up our hearts with the holy images that surround us. And for the use of incense, to be able to, to smell the goodness, the sweetness of the Lord. To come even to touch Him, to taste Him. All of these things lead us to Christ. But we also recognize, I think all of us, that our flesh can easily lead us away from him as well. And this is the point of the examine that Mother Church offers to us today. To look at the ability that we have, or do not have, as the case may be, to be detached from the flesh, from the pleasures of the world, from creature comforts in so many words. It begins, of course, with the words of St. John, encouraging the people to, to not be so consumed with earthly things so as to, to uh, essentially to neglect their brothers and sisters. This is called a, a spirit of detachment that he is calling the people to. To be willing to set aside one's own plans, one's own means even, for the good of others, out of charity, out of love. And so first there's a detachment from earthly things to which we are called by Mother Church. But this detachment is not simply for the sake of detachment. It is so that we might properly attach ourselves to God. Anytime that we give up something, it's for a purpose. 
When we give up food or drink in the mornings before Holy Mass, it is so that our hearts might be prepared for the proper reception of Holy Communion. Whenever we abstain from meat on Fridays, it is so that our hearts might be prepared to draw close to our Lord on the cross. Anytime that we as as Catholics give up something, detach from something, pull back from something, it is so that we might draw closer ultimately to the one to whom our hearts might ultimately be attached to in heaven. Always we detach so we might draw closer to God. The question is, how are we detaching from things? It's easy to make excuses in so many words, as we hear in the gospel. The three who are invited to the banquet. The banquet is ready. The food is hot. Come eat. If you don't, it won't be there next time. And yet they make excuses. They turn away. One simply says, I have a farm. I bought a farm. I need you to go look at it. A pressing matter. Maybe the farm won't be there tomorrow, huh? Foolishness. Another one, I bought five yoke of oxen. I need, to go, I need to go check them out, make sure they're good, sturdy beasts. Not as if they won't be there tomorrow. And the last one, he just says, I got married. That's all. No further obligations. So that's an enduring no. The simple reality is that, that none of these things, that none of the reasons that these, that these individuals offer as, as excuses are in any way urgent whatsoever. All of them will be there later on. None of them are pressing matters. At least in other parts of the gospel, people say, at least someone died. I'm going to bury the dead, right? That's at least a reasonable excuse. But to simply say, I bought a farm, I needed to go look and see what it looks like. Foolishness. And yet, they, they, they give up the greatness of the feast. They give up the feast with the one true God. And for what? To look at oxen and to see grass. For nothing. Fools they are. And fools we are too, if we do the same. That we may not necessarily be simply concerned about, uh, we may not be buying, buying a farm necessarily, or having bought five oxen we need to go check out real quick. But it is a very easy temptation for us in our world to be able to say, well, just one more TV show, one more episode, one more game, one more book, another round of food. Seconds on dessert can't be that bad, huh? What's another glass of wine? And how easily these things, too, which are very little or typically of no importance whatsoever in the long run, how easily these things can be the creature comforts by which we fall away from Christ. The Holy Spirit frequently will come to knock upon our heart in silence and invite us to pray, invite us to exercise virtue, invite us to be able to grow and to allow him to do something within us. And the temptation very, very frequently is to be able to allow these things of no utter consequence whatsoever to give us an excuse. It's as good as us saying, I bought a farm and I need to go look at the ground. It's foolishness. And these are the realities. It's that it's for us to be be sure that we are detached from these earthly things so that we can properly attach ourselves to God. 
St. Gregory the Great, in reflecting on this, on this particular parable, he wrote and reflected on the, the reality that the, the farm, right, the farm is just the perishable things of this world. You know, St. Paul talks about those who run races so they can get a crown of leaves that rots and fades. Useless. What is it? Nothing. A farm, the perishable things of this world, the things that we gather up for ourselves and then they go away. Whether it's physical things, or whether it's earthly pride, whether it's honor, whether it's dignity, notoriety, all of these things, in the end will mean nothing. They're perishable things that waste away. The five oxen, St. Gregory would suggest, are indeed the five senses. They're the things that, that steer us on a path very easily either towards God or away from Him. Are we allowing the oxen to lead us? Or are we leading them by force of our will, by convictions of our heart, following after our Lord, rather than simply being led by them wherever they might will themselves? And lastly, the, the one who is married is simply the reality of, of the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the flesh for earthly goods, for earthly pleasures. The man doesn't say what he needs to do to be able to, to go to be with his wife, but one can easily connect some dots. And this is the reality, that even, even just the, the pleasures of the world, the pleasures of life, in whatever form they take, these two can easily pull us from Christ, separate us from God. Our Lord comes and He calls. He knocks. It's for us to answer, for us to be willing not to make excuses when He comes to us, but rather to say yes, to return to Him and trust and to look forward to the good things that he does desire to do within us. So as we come and offer this Holy Mass, an opportunity for us to come also to this feast. We pray that God will grant us the grace to detach from our earthly pleasures, our creature comforts, from any attachments that we have to the things of this world in whatever form, that we might be able to drink deeply of the riches that he has in store for us that pour forth from the heart of his son.